Welcome to the Investor Fellow Podcast, the podcast where we discuss all things money and life. I'm your host, Jorge Navarro. And just so you know, I'm not a financial advisor, nor is this financial advice. This podcast is all about information, education, and my own experiences. So please like and subscribe to this podcast. Hey, everybody. Today, I have a special guest on the podcast that I've been wanting to interview for a very long time. Her name is Anna Lynch. She's a photographer, artist, and active travel guide. She started traveling the world from a young age and has had the travel bug ever since. Over the years, she learned self-reliance and how to travel on a budget, and she happens to be my amazing girlfriend. How are you, honey? Welcome to the podcast. I'm so good. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much, my love. Uh, For those of you who don't know Anna, she has traveled to a lot of places and she's done it on a budget. So I figured this would be a great time to have her on the podcast, seeing as how this is a podcast about life and money. And let's get into it. So Anna, tell us, when did you first get the travel bug? Like, when did you know that you wanted to start traveling? Ooh, that is such a good question. I have uh, so many uh, little memories throughout my life of traveling, but I think uh, one that pops into my head is when I was 10 years old. My oh, family, all the way that back. Okay. Yeah, all the We're way back. We're going to take it way back. Way, way back. So <laughs> when I was 10 years old, my family had the opportunity to travel to Florence, Italy together. Um, and as you can imagine a 10 year old traveling across the Atlantic ocean, all the way to Europe, that's a pretty big deal and has a pretty big impact for a 10 year old. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And so we got to spend maybe a week or so there. Um, but when I came back, uh, to New Jersey, yeah, I was totally just blown away with Italy, the culture, the food, the language, and immediately, I wanted to take Italian classes, like take Italian language lessons. I joined the little Italian club in our middle school because in New Jersey, that's a thing. Wow. (laughs) So like at the age of 10, you were already signing up for clubs. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so I definitely uh, became enamored with the idea of travel and the idea of um, learning about new cultures, new languages from that time. Wow. Okay, good. I try to remember the time I was 10 and traveled and I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember it like you, but um, that's, that's pretty cool. So I know you've traveled to a lot of places. Some of your earlier trips, um, can you tell me which ones stand out? And I know you've traveled internationally a lot, but some of your earlier trips were also internationally, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I would say one of the first trips that I ever took on my own was actually studying abroad in college. Okay. Uh, And I actually went to the same exact town of Florence in Italy um, to study abroad where I was when I was 10 years old. Did you remember it like when you were 10? Like, did you actually remember the places? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, we, we were staying in the neighborhood of Santa Croce and where I went to school uh, in Florence was around the corner from there. So everything, all these memories came back. Um, and it was really special and really cool to be in the same city where I had, had first, um, been to Europe. Yeah. I, I think that's, um, you have like two different memories of it, you know, like from when you're really young and now you're doing it. What's like, what changed inside of you as far as 
when you traveled where you're like, I want, this is what I want to do? Yeah, I think for me, uh, what was so special about that trip was that, like I said, it was my first time traveling sort of on my own. Um, of course, when I got there, I met plenty of other students. Um, I actually knew some students also from uh, my school in New York who had bit, went to Florence as well. So I knew some people, but for the most part, I was on my own. I remember that plane ride even, my first time on a plane yeah, when a I was one. 21. Um <laughs> first time on a plane ride on my own. And I was actually pretty nervous. I remember flying out um, from New York and it was like a big snowstorm in January and uh, my knees were buckling. I was so nervous getting out (laughs) of that airport on the plane. Um, But from then on, it it just got easier. And I remember landing and just, um, you know, trying to navigate Florence. It's a very old city, lots of winding streets, um, trying to make new friends and so it was a chance, an opportunity for me to learn about who I was. Because when you travel on your own, yes, you actually learn so much about yourself because you're constantly meeting new people, learning new things. And so you have a chance to really um, confirm your identity, like who you are to new people every day. And so it was, it was really, really a great opportunity for me to get to know myself and also, of course, get to know most one of the most beautiful cities i've ever been to right and i think it's also like a like a culture shock you know like people are doing completely different things and what you're doing back at home and you're like okay this is all this is all new and you're trying to take it all in oh for sure i'm sure that adds to it definitely lots of different things happening in italy and europe than in new jersey or new york or the u.s for sure good and bad of course yeah where else did you travel like uh, around that time? Yeah, so when I studied abroad, what was really great and what's awesome when you go to Europe um, from the U.S., once you're there, you have the opportunity to go to all these different countries in Europe, and it's actually relatively cheap, right. um, which the we, flights. Which we uh, figured out not too long ago. That's yeah. right, this past <laughs> summer, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I was able to visit all these other places in Europe uh, for a weekend or for a week when I had time off during that semester abroad. So that was in 2015 and I got to visit, um, Barcelona, Brussels, Budapest. I went to Athens. I went all around Italy as well, as many cities in Italy as I could go to. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that was really fun that I got to sort of explore other places in Europe in such a short amount of time and for really, uh, really cheap prices. Now, when when did you go to Cuba? Was this after that? Yes. Okay. Um, so that yeah. Was your next trip. <laughs> so yeah, after I studied abroad, of course, uh, really wanted to know how I could travel more. I came back to New York, finished up my um, degree uh, in photography, and then uh, whenever I had the chance, I actually would work, work, work uh, my butt off as a server in New York. Save and that then, money. Yeah. Yeah. Save my money, and then go travel for a few months and so in 2017 a year after i graduated uh, i went to cuba for 10 days or so Uh, and then that same year i also traveled to central america and worked and lived there for a while as well as mexico that year wow so you actually went to cuba before you went to mexico yeah Mm -hmm. oh well that i did not know i actually learned something today So obviously when you went to Cuba, that was probably a huge culture shock. Yeah, it was uh, It was like being back in time. How was that? 
Can you like kind of describe that and like the the scenery, the culture, and yeah, the oh cars? My gosh, the cars alone. <laughs> I think one of the first things that hit me was the cars when we got there because uh, we took a cab from the airport to our uh, Airbnb or. Um, basically it's like an apartment, uh, where you stay. Airbnb is actually, it wasn't allowed back then in Cuba. Um, and so you just sort of stay in, in a, a shared, uh, room in an apartment. Um, and the cars were all from like the fifties and sixties. I didn't see yeah. one new car. It was incredible. I think from the embargo, they, you know, they couldn't import after that. They right. Just keep fixing them. Yeah. You're lucky if any of them have seatbelts. It was kind of just like being back in, back in time. Makes for a cool photo shoot. For sure. Oh, yeah. There's some that are definitely more well-kept than others. But yes, all yeah. all of them around the city of Havana, just gorgeous cars. And how were the people? You know, because obviously you you kind of stand out, you know? Yeah. Blonde hair, blue eyes. Like, oh, yeah. As a white girl walking around Havana. I mean, there's definitely <laughs> that, other tourists, but Definitely can sure. spot tourists. So, like, how was, how was it, you know, the people toward you? Yeah, no, I mean, everyone was super friendly. Uh, some of the most generous, wonderful people I met in Havana and Cuba. Um, there were, yeah, so many different people that would come up to me too. And uh, I didn't speak Spanish at the time. I eventually learned Spanish uh, through my other travels later that year. Um, but I even had a guy or two like propose to me <laughs> because they wanted to, I don't know, marry a Ah. cute white girl or something i'm not sure but um it was very funny to interact with the locals there for for that and um yeah also just just meet people who were from there and try to hear their stories of being in cuba and um it's just such a vibrant beautiful place um and i remember doing street photography there and uh people were so open to getting their photo taken and i would sort of show them the back of my camera and they would light up um to see their portrait being taken and yeah yeah it was it was an amazing experience some of the most beautiful beaches i've ever seen as well i've heard um, yeah history all of it i would love to go back one day yeah we should like that's that's one that i've always wanted to go back to yeah well because you're of yeah. course your family's from there yeah part well, of your family well not back to but i've always wanted to visit yes so that's on our list for sure so then after cuba you did a stint in panama right yeah. So later that year, uh, or actually a month or so after that, I decided to leave the U.S. for a while. I wanted to take some time, get out of the U.S. Um, and learn Spanish. And so I wanted to uh, find a place where I could go sort of work and live because um, I wanted to not break the bank traveling, of course. Right. And so I found a workaway in an island off the coast of Panama City in Panama. Also, I have a roommate from college who is from there. And so I had a connection to Panama City as well, which was oh, really nice. So is that kind of why you chose Panama? Because you, you at least had someone over there? Yeah, partly. Okay. Yeah, it was really nice to know that I had a friend uh, to connect with and her family let me stay with them for a little while too. Uh, so that was nice. Um, but Workaway is this amazing website where you can go on and actually um, apply to live and then volunteer um, either at a farm, a hotel, a hostel, uh, all these different kinds of places, and they give you free room and usually free food. And so it's kind of a nice exchange wow. for travelers if yeah. they don't want to spend a ton of money. Yeah, I think a lot of people, they don't probably know that's even an option. So it's like you can literally travel somewhere and, you know, almost for free. 
Yeah, it was it was a very good opportunity. However, when I yeah. got there, I hated it just because of the owners of this boutique hotel where I was staying. They were awful. I did not like working with them. And I was expecting to sort of work at the front desk, working with the guests <laughs> of the hotel. But instead, they had myself and this other girl who were there, who was there um, cleaning the bathrooms in the rooms, like painting walls, sanding floors. And so... I like, didn't want to do that. You anymore. were like a maid and a jack of all trades. Yeah, I didn't I didn't like that experience <laughs> as much. And plus, I wasn't getting paid. So I ended up leaving that spot and moving on, uh, traveling around Panama. And I actually found a hostel in Boca del Toro to work in for about six weeks, which was yeah. a much better experience. Wow. So the, what was your total time like in Panama? Uh, how many months were I you there? I spent about three months there. Yeah, yeah, so that's a pretty big trip, especially, mm-hmm. you know, not used to any of that. You just go there and you're working and yeah. you're trying all these new things. <laughs> that's that's traveling that I think a lot of people uh, would probably be afraid to do, especially yeah. being a solo female traveler, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of so. people questioned why I was there, what I was doing. Like even before I left, a lot of people, they were excited for me, but I could tell people were like, where is this girl going? <laughs> yeah, they're probably concerned about you, you know, like, you know, obviously you hear things are going to happen like, oh, you shouldn't travel alone and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, of course, of course. There's so many things that go into it. Um, and when I originally started that trip, I actually did not have an end date. I didn't know how long I was going to be gone. Um, I kind of bought a one-way ticket uh, in the hopes of just sort of traveling as I go, making it work as I go. And it ended up being one of the best trips of my life. I spent six months total traveling through Central America and Mexico. And I kind of just listened to my gut and traveled until I was like, okay, I'm ready to go home, you know? And it was really an amazing opportunity. And I think a unique opportunity that uh, not many people get to travel for that long and until they're ready to go home. <laughs> yeah. And for me, it was six months. <laughs> no, six months is no joke. Um, I know we, we've traveled for a few months and that seems long sometimes. Yeah, yeah. When you depends. go six months, what was one of the things that you learned when you were out there, you know, for six months in, in uh, Panama and South America what what did like what was one of the biggest things that you took away from like all of that that culture the way of life yeah well first off i learned spanish which was really right. cool which is fo- so funny because for those of you that don't know anna um when people hear her speak spanish uh and she's with me it's really funny because they uh like they have to do a double take cuz they're like <laughs> wait what she speaks spanish and uh yeah it's always really funny they to see that they don't expect it right? yeah they don't expect it um but well, that's the best you know Yes. But yeah, what did you, like, what what were some of your biggest takeaways over there of that experience and the culture? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So many. Where do I begin? I mean, for me, it also, like when I studied abroad, it gave me that sense of like, who am I? You know, what do I want to do with my life? Um, And gave me that experience of, of traveling alone, of really getting to know myself in moments where it was extremely stressful or, you know, extremely like... Imagine crowded or like I didn't know the language like when I was first learning Spanish I would be in um, groups of people or in in a position where no one spoke English so I was forced to figure out what people were saying with context of little words that I knew um, so it definitely challenged me in a lot of ways and and pushed me um, 
to grow, which was, which was really great. Cause I think before my travels and even in, in high school, a little bit in college, I didn't have the confidence that I do now after traveling. I, I think I've gained a lot of confidence in myself from traveling. And that's just with the nature of introducing yourself to someone new every day at a hostel or at a restaurant or on a, on a bus ride, you know, you're constantly meeting new people, new faces. And so you constantly are reintroducing who you are and it kind of reasserts who you are. Um, so that was huge. And then just learning about, yeah, the different cultures in, so I was in Panama, Costa Rica for a little bit, Nicaragua, and then Mexico. Um, and just learning about the different cultures there, the different foods, the different, um, people and languages, cause there's different dialects obviously too. Um, and the indigenous people there. I mean, I met so many people. Like, I wish that I could re- revisit them all and thank them for, <laughs> like, the impact that they yeah. had on me, no matter if it was one day or, like, weeks. Because um, everyone was just so kind, so welcoming. I stayed with some couch surfers. I tried couch surfing for the first time in Mexico um, and stayed with some people, some hosts who were literally just giving up a room or a place to stay in their house for me. And they didn't even know me, you know, so just learn about the generosity of people and the kindness that the world has, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure that definitely makes you get out of your little shell, you know, because just ordering a meal in another language is a challenge going down the street, finding a pharmacy or a grocery store. Oh, yeah. So six months of that will make you, you know, grow up and mature and well, Google develop Translate. street smarts, you know, you, you develop that street smarts that um, maybe yes. a lot of people, they don't have. Well, Google Translate helps a lot for that, too. But yes, definitely. Google Translate, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes there isn't service and you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. It'd probably be easier now with, uh, with AI, but yeah. um, we'll, we'll see you on our next trip. Mm-hmm. But I, I wanted to touch up a little bit more on um, the creative ways you've traveled. Uh, we touched up upon like work away, um, couch surfing. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about couch surfing? Because I, I know a lot of people might not know what that is. Totally. Um, and if there's any other little creative ways that you've traveled as well, we'll talk about that. But yeah, so what like what's couch surfing? Yeah. Oh, so couch surfing is this website similar to Airbnb, where you can actually go online and look uh, for different places to stay around the world in someone's house, but for free. And I know what you're thinking. This sounds crazy. What's the catch? Yeah, no, that's what I thought when I first heard it. I was like, what's the catch? Everybody does. My parents, my family, everyone I've mentioned it to who's never tried it thinks there's some kind of scam or catch involved. Yeah. But really, there is no catch as long as you read the reviews of who you're staying with, right? Because of course there can be creepers and bad people out there, just like in yeah, Airbnb just like anything. or yeah. anywhere. Um, but it's this incredible site and community of people who host and then also surf, they call them, uh, around the world. And so I started on that, like I said, in Mexico for the first time, um, just trying to save money again, because this was towards the end of my travels. Um, I think I did my expenses um, or calculated my expenses. I think I was spending about $1,000 a month on everything. Food. Super cheap. Um, yeah. 
hotels or hostels, uh, activities. And so to save money, of course, I was couch surfing and doing what I can to not spend money. And um, yeah, basically, as long as you read the reviews of the people you're about to stay with, and there's a section on couch surfing that says would rather stay would rather not stay with again. And if you read that and there's some bad reviews, you skip them, you go on to the next one. And a lot of the time I was actually staying in a room in their house. Like they had a whole extra bed. There wasn't just a couch. um, Like it sounds like there was actually a whole other bedroom. Um, You can even filter and select um, separate bedroom or couch, shared room, whatever. Um, And so it was pretty cool to experience that um, and be able to connect with locals. Really, that that was the yeah. best part was connecting with locals in those regions where I was um, because otherwise uh, you have to do all this research on your own to learn about a place, but I was staying with locals who could point me in the right direction and show me where to go in the city. Yeah, so they really, they're doing it out of the kindness of their hearts. They want someone to talk to. Totally. They want to you know, talk about they're proud of where they, they live and they want to show it, you know, they want to show it off or. Yeah. Or I would find that they also, it was an exchange in a sense where, um, it could be a cultural exchange, right? They host someone from a different country. So they get to learn about that country language. They could uh, practice English. Um, I could practice my Spanish. Also, they, sometimes I would cook for them. I would, uh, pay for their dinner or their meal, or I would offer my photography services. I would say, Hey, I'm a photographer. I can offer you like a portrait. Which we'll talk about later. Exactly. (laughs) So it was an exchange. It wasn't just like a freeloading situation. (laughs) Yeah. No, that, so there you have it. If you want to travel South America or the world on a budget, you couch surf. There you go. You can do work away. Uh, What a, are there any other ones um, that you can think of? Yeah, uh, this this uh, past couple of years, recently, I've looked into trusted house sitters. Oh, that's, that's right, another trusted one. house sitters. That's new. For We've me. actually looked into staying a couple of places uh, ourselves as well. Yeah, that's yeah. international. Of course, they have um, uh, the ones we've done were mostly just in California, but they, and there's some cool ones like the there's mm-hmm. ones you found like uh, in Europe and there's Australia, like Australia. Yeah, the it's UK. like a whole barn or a whole like house, you know, out in acres of land and oh yeah that one the, the only catch is usually you have to watch one of their pets or if they have multiple pets or their livestock yeah it's or crazy livestock <laughs> farm animals um but you get to stay in a local's home and it's for free you just sign up uh with a year subscription i forget the cost um but it's minimal compared right. to the money you save yeah and there's also um where you can do like uh pet sitting as well you can go you can go somewhere and take care of someone's pet oh yeah um, there's so many sites now for that stuff mm-hmm. and some of these people actually have a lot of money they're like rich and they have like a cat that just yeah. is old and really you don't even interact with the cat and you just stay there for a week or, or some whatever. plants just water their plants yep yeah so i think that's uh if you want to travel and you are thinking well how do i do this because i don't have a lot of money there is always a way I think you just have to be adaptable. You have to you have to be able to, you know, like do these things. Yeah. And it's probably you you come out with all these amazing stories because like I've heard you tell me all these crazy amazing stories, you know, of the people you meet, like the one of um the guy that you took a picture of in the truck, the old man, you know. Yep, that was from a couch surfing experience. Yeah, he, he came <laughs> up and uh Mhm kind of like scared you but then it turned out to be like 
really nice guy or whatever. Yeah. And, yep. Um, but yeah, I so there's out in Wyoming. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, there's all kinds of different ways. Yeah. When, when you traveled, um, earlier on, I know you took some road trips, uh, yes. in the U S Yes. and it wasn't like any small road trip. It was actually a pretty legit road trip. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about that one? Yeah. Oh, so I actually have taken two road trips around the U S, um, since I graduated college back in 2016. So right after I graduated college, I took a half across the U.S. road trip, I would say. So okay. my sister, my one of my best friends, Sophia, and I all flew to Texas. <laughs> we flew to Dallas, rented a car, and drove all the way to San Francisco. And oh, so cool. that was a really cool experience um, to do like a test run cross-country road trip and then Two years later, I had the opportunity to drive across the U.S. from New York to California uh, with my sister and another one of my best friends, Emma. And we, my sister and I moved to California that time from New York. So that was actually across the the U.S. moving. Yes. (laughs) So that was pretty cool. And the reason we moved is because the two years prior on that first road trip, I had traveled to San Diego on my own um, and fell in love with it. And so two years later, convinced my sister kelsey that we should move there and we did and it was one of the most epic road trips ever yeah so that trip was like um it was like a month right yeah 32 days to be exact on the road and and it wasn't like you were staying in hotels and uh fancy airbnbs you guys were camping yep you guys were sleeping in cars yep you guys were doing the house sitter Eat, couch surfing, you name couch it. Couch surfing. We were camping and couch cans surfing. Of beans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were doing the real road trip life. Um, and that too, we really stayed on a budget because we were yeah. all, you know, uh, my sister had quit her job. I had left my job too. We were, we didn't have an apartment set up or anything. So we were making sure to just spend as little as possible on these 30 days. Mm-hmm. When you were traveling, and I think it goes for like a lot of different things, but you really didn't know what was going to happen in the future. You know, like a lot of people, they think about that security of what happens a year from now or uh, six months from now. It's like, at this point, you're like, I'm all in. Were you ever at a point where you're like, wow, if I get to San Diego and I can't get a job, like, wh- <laughs> like what happens here? I, I don't have a place to live. Did, did any of those things cross your mind where you're just like, what if this doesn't work out? honestly for me no and call me crazy i don't know i think it's good i think it's good but that's why i'm trying to i'm trying to get into the mind yeah well good luck no i think because i honestly i don't even know how or why i trust myself so much but i do like people have asked me that like how do you why did you do this trip how do you know you're going to be okay Um, and I don't, I don't fully understand it either or no, except for the fact that I just trust myself. And as far as I can remember, I've been living like six months at a time. That's kind of how I, or, or when I was traveling really like one month at a time, weeks at a time. And so when you've traveled so much like that and you live week by week or day by day, not knowing where you're going to go next, you kind of build this trust with yourself of like, no matter where I am, no matter where my head's going to hit the pillow the next day or week or whatever, you know you're going to be okay. And so after those experiences doing a road trip like this, 
I kind of, I don't know, I trusted myself and I knew I had skills that I could take anywhere to make money. So as my photography business, right? Or right. waitressing. Waitressing is what I did in New York before I left. And although I didn't want to do that again in San Diego, I knew I could waitress anywhere. Yeah, if all else failed. The world. Yeah. yeah. So there, there for me, there were always going to be opportunities um, that I could tap into. Um, same with my sister. She was super nervous to leave her job and, of course, move I across bet. the country untethered, no, nothing set up, no job set up. But she got, she has had an incredible career since um, and yeah. has had no issues getting jobs after that. And so you really just have to just go with it. it. And you just got to go out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, you know, F yeah. it. Whatever yeah. happens, happens. Yeah, that's right. That's, <laughs> I think that's probably the, the fun part of life. It is, I will tell you. <laughs> now, during all, all of that time, obviously I wasn't in the picture yet. So you were still what? primarily a f- solo female traveler. Mm-hmm. So I still want to stay on that topic for a minute, uh, especially because f- solo female traveling, even to this day, is still like, whoa, mm-hmm. you travel on your own? How do you do that? Um, you totally. must, must be so scary. Uh, you know, all you hear all these things. Everyone just goes... The negativity route on that. Right. So I just want to tap into that one more time. Yeah. Um, being a solo female traveler, most of your travels, like how was that experience for you in all these different countries? And yeah. like, what did you learn from it? Yeah, that's a great question. I know sometimes I kind of forget that that's what I am. <laughs> so a solo yeah, female traveler, right? <laughs> and there's so much connotation that's, that's with that. That's a hipster that. version of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things that go into that title. Um, but for me, I mean, I, to be honest, I never really like felt unsafe or even really alone, like solo meaning alone. I was never really right, alone. Right. Yeah. You were never alone. Yeah. Like it's funny when people say that, um, because before I would go travel or even while I was traveling, um, alone, people would ask me like, Oh, so who are you traveling with? Like, are you really like, um, by yourself? Like, are you sure that's okay? Aren't you nervous? And so I would get all these questions like all the time, even from family and friends and stuff. Um, but I, I wasn't, I truly wasn't like all of that was coming from my, maybe their fears and anxieties, but I I never, I never really had those fears and anxieties. Um, I maybe had like one altercation actually in Costa Rica of all places. right? Right. Um, maybe one that was like a bit, sketchy but to be honest like i was never fully alone so all of those uh situations i never felt truly unsafe because there was other travelers around from all over the world um so i i don't think like there's anything inherently dangerous or unsafe about being a solo female traveler um the one time i will say that i ever felt actually unsafe like my life could be at risk while traveling alone was in Alaska. Out of all places. Yeah. Which you were is, chased by a bear. <laughs> well, that's a whole <laughs> other story. I was followed by a bear with a group of people. Luckily, not alone. But <laughs> I have been on hikes alone, alone in Alaska. Like no one around yeah, for no miles. Yeah, no cell phone coverage. No nothing. service. And like that's when I was like, okay, maybe I will die here. <laughs> yeah. Um, because of, of course, grizzly bears, bears, moose, um, who knows who else is up there, right? Right. So, Boogeyman. Yeah. 
that's when I felt like actually afraid to be alone. And yeah, maybe I won't do that again. (laughs) Hike alone in Alaska. Um, But traveling alone as a solo female traveler, if that's what we want to call it, to me has been one of the greatest experiences of my life. And I absolutely highly recommend it to anyone, um, no matter who you are, to travel alone at least once in your life. Because you'd be surprised at how much it can bring you. Um, A roller coaster of emotions, of course, but it can bring you so much beauty and like uh, self actualization (laughs) that you may or may not know you even needed. Yeah, that empowerment, you know, just... Just knowing that yes. you were able to do something, you know, that many would think impossible. Like that's. Yes. Yes. That, and even. That's you, a really good feeling. You can even start small. I've talked to people about this. You yes, don't have yeah. to Definitely jump off talked. the deep end and go to, uh, you know, uh, a whole other country by yourself. You can just go to on a date with yourself to a restaurant you've never been to. You can go to the movies by yourself. Yeah. You know, you can go on a hike by yourself, maybe not in Alaska, but somewhere where there's cell service and not uh, bears, you know. Um, But you can go traveling on your own and dip your toe in and see how that feels. You don't have to go all the way across the world to do that. Yeah, yeah. so many people won't even go uh, out and and eat by themselves because they're worried about what other people will think. And, oh, that's what we do. We always worry about what other people will think. Yeah, if you worry about what other people think, you're never going to You're never going to, yeah. (laughs) And I, and funny enough, uh, or ironically enough, is those are the people that are always probably saying the things that we just brought up about traveling, you know, solo and, oh, yes. you're going to get hurt or it's unsafe or Yes. Luckily, I've blah, survived blah, blah, blah. it all. I really ha- have had zero bad experiences traveling alone as a female. And it could happen anywhere. Like Exactly. We were in San Diego was a, last week and there was a crazy guy next to us just doing stuff. Yep. So it's like... It, it, doesn't have Bad to be in stuff another can happen anywhere in to, your own doesn't have hometown. to be in another uh, country and also yes like i will say this is my experience i've known other f- solo female travelers who have had bad experiences so it's not like it doesn't happen it totally bad things can happen um no matter where you are and i will say being a, like a solo female traveler white girl walking around central american cities like yes i got cat called up the wazoo every day and it definitely got old um but i didn't let it get me down i also got cat called plenty while living in new york city um and so it it wasn't something that i let ruin my experience like it's something that happens to women uh, no matter where you are but i i didn't want that to be the reason why i didn't get to travel and experience the world because there's so many other amazing experiences i had uh, that made it worth it. And so I just wanted to say that like it, things can happen. Um, oh, of course. Bad yeah. things ha- can happen to you no matter where you are, whether you're traveling or just being at home. And so uh, I would hate for that to be a reason why people don't go get out there and go travel because right. it shouldn't no, and, stop you. And I think it shouldn't. Um, and I also think that there's probably a lot of people that stepped up that would want to help you, you know? Sure, because yeah. Because they, they see you by yourself and out of their kindness of their heart, they're like, hey, like, let me give you a lift here and there, you know, without yes. any bad intentions. Yes. I met way more kind, welcoming people than I did uh, not kind people, <laughs> for sure. That's, de- that's definitely good. Now, let's talk about your recent travels. So you've been traveling a lot, uh, 
these last couple of months, where have you been and why were you there? Yeah. Oh, so this past summer, I had a whirlwind of travel. Oh my gosh. Um, I started off the summer. Of course, we started off the summer heading to the East Coast and from there, um, visiting yeah, so, my well, family in New Jersey and New York. In New York. By the way, visit if you haven't visited New York, visit New York in the spring or in the summer. It's the best. Or the fall. Or, yes, well, not the winter. Yeah. <laughs> not the winter. Don't go in the winter. Um, great, Sorry. Great plug. And New Jersey. <laughs> Um, and then we headed to Europe, of course. We went to, go ahead, where did we go? We went to Portugal. Yep. Which, uh, Portugal is super underrated. I highly recommend it. It's, yeah. it's very beautiful. Uh, it's very affordable. It and is. the people are amazing. Food. And the city, yeah, the, the city is just so cool. The food, I couldn't get enough of it. The music, everything. Yeah, it's like a big party. Yeah. yeah. It's so cool. <laughs> They have all these old trolleys that kind of like looks like how uh, San Francisco is. Uh, and there's like old cobblestone roads. The buildings are very old, but everything's taken care of. Full of tile, beautiful, ornate, old, yeah. painted tile. I, I you know, Usually when you hear people talk about travel, they're like, oh, Europe and Italy and Greece. But you really never hear Portugal. And so that's why I, I harp on it. I'm like, it's underrated, man. Go, go check it out. Yes. But yeah, we started in Portugal. Lisbon. And, we went to Lisbon. And, and why did we do that? This ties into earlier when I was talking about uh, how do we save money. Yes. Why do we end up in Portugal? Ah, yes. So. Yeah, that was a, that was the one I was thinking of <laughs> earlier as I wanted to hit as well. Because people, and I've actually talked to people about this where they were like, how do you guys find these flights? Or Right. Like, so why do we choose Portugal? Yes. And this actually ties into also when I studied abroad, how I chose where I went as well. So what you can do, what we did is go on Skyscanner, uh, which is a website to search flights or just mm-hmm. Google flights. Which nowadays. I didn't know existed until I met Anna. So yeah. that, that was that was all her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Skyscanner. And now Google Flights is just as good, honestly. Yeah, Google Flights. Um, so you go on there and you can actually select what city you're starting in. So for us, it was New York. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you can select uh, where you're going. And instead of us selecting a city, we just selected everywhere or anywhere, I think it is. You can you can actually just put the whole world and it will show you the cheapest flights from New York during those dates, yep. during, during that time you want to book. And so that was really cool is a, a hack that I learned back when I was studying abroad how I planned my spring break. I booked the cheapest flight out of Florence, which was to Barcelona. And then from Barcelona, the cheapest flight was to Brussels. And then from there to Budapest and then back. So we did the same thing. We booked. uh, And it's crazy how much you save. Like, yeah, it's a nine day difference. Yeah, it was really cheap, all one way flights. So booking to Portugal. Then from Portugal, we searched what was the next cheapest flight, which was? Uh, we went to uh, Spain, Sevilla, Sevilla right? Sevilla. So mm-hmm. Sevilla, Spain is also beautiful. Go check it out. I've been to Barcelona and Madrid, never to Sevilla. I think if I go back to Spain or if we go back to Spain, I would want to go back to Sevilla. Yeah, we only had a couple nights yeah, there. It was so really cool. We would Lo- go back. It was low key, but still like um, very vibrant, beautiful city. Yeah, the flamenco dancing. Flamenco amazing. dancing. And actually, people party there all night long. Very crazy. They we, they don't start partying till one or two in the morning. Yeah, we stayed in this really cool. Um, I, I guess it was an Airbnb, Airbnb. right? Uh, it was like a penthouse condo, and we had like the whole view of the city. And you had to take 
like seven flights of stairs to get there. So it was like a workout yes, to get there. We got, we got fit after that. Yeah. But there was like this bar uh, down the street. And I remember every morning we, I would get up and have coffee. And there was people like leaving the bar like at seven in the morning. So yeah. I was like, wow, these, these people are That's Spanish on people another level. <laughs> and yeah. then from there, we saw where the next cheapest flight would be. And it was actually towards um, Sicilia, Sicily in Italy. Right. Uh, and so I actually did a deep dive um, researching where to go in Sicily because um, I had never been to that part of Italy before. Um, and of course, we yeah, love watching. Yeah, you nailed it. Yeah. Yeah, we love watching White Lotus. So actually, um, Taormina or near Catania, that kind of was a hot spot this past summer from the show where White Lotus season two was filmed. Um, but we decided not to go up there uh, and go to like where it was going to be pretty touristy. And I researched the Aeolian Islands off the north coast of Sicily. And yes. we found Salina Island. Uh, I did to this like, day, the most be beautiful, amazing place I have ever been. Oh, like, Yeah, it's, it's majestic. It it's mind-blowing. <laughs> I suggest, highly suggest you go there. It is quite a challenge to get there. You yes, do have to take it's not for the tourist traveler. Yeah, a bus. How did we, a, yeah, what did we end up doing? We flew into Sicily. Catania. We flew into Catania. Or Catania, then took a bus. Bus to no we took a cab to the bus then a oh, bus yeah, to, to bus. a ferry then a ferry to the tuk tuk thing we like it was like a little electric golf cart thing once we got to the island yeah. the island is so small that uh you can ride like a little vespa scooter across the island like in a matter of hours yeah so and, uh, which we did <laughs> yeah and the streets are like super narrow it's, you're Hilly. basically yeah you're on this just beautiful island big with, mountain island like the clouds like you can almost touch them like clouds blend into the mountains and like you can literally like grab the clouds and then the ocean is just surrounded by you like you have these 360 degree views good wine amazing wine amazing food pizza. yeah there's a couple little restaurants there the the vibe is like an island vibe everyone's chill it was incredible yeah that's the i would say that's probably the best place to go for a relaxation yes even though it's hard to get to it's worth it once you get there um, we would definitely go back but the flights, I want to get back to the flights. So when yes. we got to Portugal, once you get to Europe, it's cheap to fly in Europe. And yes. that's what a lot of people don't realize. So if you so can cheap. get somewhere into Europe on the cheap, then you can get everywhere else on the cheap. Yeah. So each of each of those flights. And lastly, we had to end up in Athens. So from there, we flew to Athens, which if you can imagine on a map, we're just he heading from west to east. So really, it was like um, going across europe but the prices were all ridiculously cheap each of those flights mm -hmm. was under a hundred dollars yeah i was um, like oh. and sometimes even for both of us under a hundred bucks to go uh one way and so some of these flights like on ryanair um there's so many little airlines throughout europe all you have to do is go on google flights search where you want to go um, and you, if you have just a carry on, it's even cheaper. It's even um, better. Yeah. Yeah. If you just, cause they do where it adds up is if you pay for your seat, checked bag, carry on, they do have different fees that you have to pay for. Um, but if you just do the base minimum price, it's usually between 15 to $50, um, depending yeah. on where you're going. It can be ridiculously cheap. If you just do a little bit of homework on your travel, you could definitely do it on a budget. Yes, the key That's, is just getting to Europe. That can be the pricier yeah. ticket. But depending on the time of year and where you're flying into, um, 
I also use, there's an app called Hopper. That's an amazing app. Oh, that's right, Hopper. Um, mm-hmm. Where you can actually track flight prices and it will tell you, it'll predict if it's going to go up or down and when to book. Um, so it's used, pretty accurate. Yeah, it is pretty accurate. And I've used Google Flights tracking as well and it'll send you an email when the price changes, if it goes up or down. And so using those tools too can help you know when to book um, and if it's smart to book now or book in a few months. Exactly. So... We ended that trip in Greece, and so the reason why we did is, and we've done this, this is actually our second time, because we went to Mexico City, and I was kind of like the little little test guinea pig, where we, we found out all the cool spots or good places to eat or whatever, because Anna has work after that, and so the way we planned this uh, last trip was we would end it in Greece, and that's where she actually started working. So, yes. <laughs> I know. We didn't even yeah. get to that. So we that's went. where we're going to segue. So you started working there. And let's talk a little bit about uh, your types of work. Yeah. So so we'll, I guess we'll start with, with uh, Putney. Right? Yeah. Because we were in Greece. Exactly. So this summer I had two different companies I was working for, um, both in Europe, which was great. Um And so the reason we started our European travels is because I had a job working for Putney Student Travel, which is based in Vermont. It's a student travel company. Uh, They work with middle school and high school students. uh, And throughout the summer, we take them on trips around the world. And so I actually had a position leading a Greece and Italy trip right after where when we were traveling. And so we kind of lined it up so that we could end in Athens where I was starting my work with that company. And so I did that for three weeks. Uh, We traveled all around Greece and Italy with 23-ish students. Teenagers. High school students. That must be exciting. Yeah, it was quite an experience. (laughs) (laughs) And then after those three weeks, I came back to the U.S. And then with Backroads, I was stationed in Norway for a month in August. That's right. I already forgot that. Norway. Yep. And then Puglia. Amazing. Beautiful, by the way. Yes. And then Puglia in southern Italy in September. Uh, So I headed back to Europe for two months to work for Backroads leading uh, hiking and biking trips. And so I just got back from that. Wow. (laughs) Even just hearing it all, I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, I know. Me either. I don't even know how. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. So Backroads is your primary job. And uh, let's talk a little bit about Backroads. So like, what is this? Because I, you know, before I met you, I didn't even know what it was either. Yeah. And it's actually very cool. Yeah, it's an active travel company. Uh, We're based in uh, Berkeley, California. There's also a hub in Salt Lake City in the U.S. Um, But we have trips all over the world. Yeah, literally all over the world. So it's biking, hiking, and then we also have a variety of trips that include uh, different activities like rock climbing, uh, whitewater rafting, you name it. We probably do it. Um, And we have trips literally all uh, all over the world yeah and you guys aren't like camping you this is like a these are premier trips you guys are staying in like some yeah. five-star hotels this oh yeah th- this this is not like some like roughing it you guys have like really nice bikes yes good, good gear yes it's um, luxury active travel people yeah. always assume i'm camping or staying in yeah that's what tents i thought initially. every day no we're staying in like Really nice resort. Yes, the Ritz. We're eating Buffets. at Michelin star restaurants. It's yeah. an incredible, incredible um, 
opportunity to see the world, um, it, whether you're a guest or whether you're working for the company. Which is another way, if you're listening, you're like, I want to travel the world, but I just don't have the money to stay long-term in places. This this company would probably be a great segue for you because you literally have housing. Uh, let's say um, you wanted to work in Norway, like Anna did. Um, she literally has a house in Norway for the time she's there. And even on her off days, she gets to stay there. Yeah. So she could plan her own little her own little trips or getaways when she's not working. So she doesn't have to worry about where to stay. Uh, and you get to you get to travel to uh, you know a new country. So again, another travel hack. Yeah, all of our housing is paid for, transport, a lot of our food, um, and of course we get paid when when we're working. So it is it's a travel hack that I've been doing since 2019 when I started with the company. And great way to amazing. save money, you know. Great way to save on rent. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, so what do you do with that excess money? You invest that shit. Right? <laughs> yeah, invest investing that money. it. <laughs> exactly, which you've taught me a lot. Yeah. So how long have you been with Backroads? Yeah, so um, I started in 2019. Uh, if you remember the road trip story I was mentioning earlier, across uh, country in 2018, um, one of our stops was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and we were staying at a couch surfing um, home and this guy had a backroads catalog on his kitchen counter. And that's <laughs> literally how I heard about backroads. No other way did I know about this. And so I picked up the catalog. I looked at it and I was like, huh, this looks cool. And so I wrote it down and then I applied that fall when we got to San Diego and then I got hired that spring of 2019. Wow. And I feel like it's gotten even bigger now because people are wanting to take more outdoors trips or wanting to travel more. Absolutely. Um, you, you see that growth now. I guess maybe uh, people are valuing experiences more than, I don't know, consumption, buying items. Like, yeah. Let's take a trip. Could be. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think for sure ever since COVID, because I started yeah. 2019, obviously, right before COVID, uh, my first season was in um, the Dolomites in the Italian Alps uh, and also in Portugal and Spain on our Camino trip. Um, and since then, cause I didn't work for backroads in 2020, I took a break. Um, they did have minimal trips. Um, but I just did not want to work for backroads during the height of COVID. I came back in 2021 and worked in Alaska. And ever since 2021, 2022, so last year, our trips have skyrocketed. Yeah. Um, especially our trips in Europe, it. but Last year, our trips in the U.S. skyrocketed. I think we've seen a huge spike in outdoor travel because people, ever since COVID, have wanted to get out of their homes, see the world, um, put travel as a priority, uh, which is obviously amazing for our company because we took a huge hit since COVID when everything was closed and right. we couldn't travel. So it was really been a huge upswing since then. Um, yeah, which is huge. That's amazing. So... Not only do you work for Backroads and Ladies Trips, but you've been doing something for a long time and actually longer than any of it. You are a professional photographer. <laughs> yes. Can't forget about that. <laughs> yeah. So um, can you tell me a little bit about your photography? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Where do I begin? So I started really working as a professional freelance photographer in high school. It was about 12 years ago, I would say, in 2011. 
Um, I had my first gig or maybe even 2010, whatever. And it was a long time ago. Right. (laughs) And ever since high school, I really just fell in love with photography. I was able to take um, darkroom classes in high school. So learn about film um, and old school photo methods and then studied photography in college in New York at Parsons. So I have a BFA in photography, minor in global studies as well. And then um, really since I moved to San Diego, have been trying to make it as a freelance photographer, something that was really hard to do in New York City. Um, Right. And so after moving to San Diego, it was kind of nice to be in a smaller city um, and try to carve my my way into um, the photo world there. Yeah, and you have, um, and it's a, always a continuing process, and you're really good. I'm not saying that because you're my girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> you you have guys to have to go check out her Instagram and see what I'm talking about. Yes, um, which you'll link, I'm sure. Yeah, which, which we'll mention at the at end. Anna Grace Lynch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what type of photography do you love doing and why? Yeah, so I'm mostly a portraiture uh, photographer. I love doing portraiture. My favorite things to do are street photography and like fashion editorial photography. Um, But of course, that doesn't always pay the bills. That's more for fun and for my art. Um, So I do any kind of portraits people need. You name it. I've photographed it. (laughs) Um, I've done some branding too. Uh, I've I've done it all. I've done landscape. I've done events. I've done the weddings thing. It's not my favorite. Uh, Weddings are a lot of work, but mostly I love doing sort of like solo portraits uh, for any kind of thing, whether that's headshots, whether that's families, couples, um, groups, whatever, but mostly just portraiture uh, and people. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that for people who don't know? Yeah. Like like the street side of it? Yeah. Street photography, you mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So street photography, which... I feel like a lot of people have different definitions of what it is. Um, uh, But for me, street photography, which is my favorite thing to do, is sort of just walking around a place. It could be a city, could be a town, it could be a grocery store, it could be anywhere. Um, But just really noticing your surroundings and documenting what catches your eye. And that could be different for different photographers. But basically what I do is walk around a place, a city, a town, wherever I am, and sort of just document... um, what comes up for me, what, what catches my eye, what I find beautiful, whether that's a person, uh, an object, lighting, a shadow, you know, um, whatever I see in the world that right. is beautiful to me. I remember when we first started dating, uh, I've told the story a couple of times, but it was so bizarre to me that you would photograph everything <laughs> because I know that sounds like, you know, when you're not, when you're not used to that, it, it was very bizarre. I was like, we would be walking and then she would stop and she would take a picture. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. She took a picture. Mm-hmm. And then we would walk five steps and then she would take another picture yep. and another one. And then at first I was like, what, what is she doing? What's and, going then, on? and then obviously I learned and now like it's, it's like second nature. Um, but yeah, you're always trying to capture, uh, or try to find that perfect moment, I guess. Yeah. That shot. And it could be, whatever you're looking for at that moment yeah for me it's just how i create art and sometimes i can't help it i feel like i see in photos like i see in compositions that's how my brain and my eyes work and so i can't really ever turn it off and so sometimes i just yeah i I take that opportunity and take the photo or sometimes i don't and i skip it but there's always a little part of me that 
feels guilty to not take a, <laughs> a photo that I see. <laughs> yeah. um, but it is, it's something that just, I have my phone with me every day. I have, you know, the iPhone 14 Pro, which has pretty good camera on it. And so yep. that's kind of my everyday camera that I use. And then, of course, I have my Canon R mirrorless setup uh, that I use for my professional work. It's kind of hard to carry around every day. Um, and then I have my film cameras. I have a little Canon. Yep. She always has a shot. film camera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My 35 millimeter point and shoot. Which actually takes really good pictures. I've, it I'm, does. Yeah. It does. And then I have a Mamiya uh, medium format. Yeah. Uh, and that's camera. it. That's a very old camera. Yeah. From the 70s. Yeah. And a little bit bulkier. It's like carrying um, a, like a giant brick. Yes, I tried to take a like picture a of it one, with it once and uh, it didn't come out well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I love it. I mean, it's all, it's all, it's hard to not do it. Like it's something that's part of me and uh, how I see the world. And so that's how I, that's yeah. how I interact with the world is in photos. And you've been able to combine your photography and your travel together, right? Because not only have you been able to create books, but uh, yeah. even in Backroads, you do some photography for them as well. Yeah, yeah. I Luckily with uh, Backroads, we have opportunity to photograph trips and take pictures for them and get paid as well for their marketing. Uh, and actually coming up in this week on Thursday, I'm heading to India for our staff. Oh, ride. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we have we an annual <laughs> staff ride that we do where all of the leaders and, um, employees of Backroads, all of us come together and bike for like four days together around yeah. the world. Uh, this year it's wild. in India. Yeah, yeah. In Rajasthan. And so they hired me as well to photograph that event I'll be biking too, but uh, I'll be doing some photo work for uh, documenting our staff ride this year, which will be fun. Wow. Yeah. I re- and this is actually your second time going to India. So. Yes, I have been to India once before for a wedding, actually. <laughs> yeah. So she definitely travels a lot, uh, <laughs> everyone who's listening. But um, I think we're going to save all the rest of the questions for the following interview because... I definitely want to have you on the shore more consistently and we can keep going on so many different subjects. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. I love uh, chatting about travel and my experiences. Um, And yeah, I mean, if I can inspire people to travel or to know how to do it on a budget, then I'd be happy. Yeah, I think you're going to help some people out there. Uh, Maybe just give them that push. Um, or give them that information that they didn't even know was, was there, you know? Yeah. Or that courage, because mm-hmm. that, that's probably the biggest one, is just is getting having that courage to, to go do it. Absolutely. But uh, I'll leave you with this last question that I wanted to ask you earlier. Uh, you've traveled to a lot of places. Uh, obviously, you've traveled to some very wealthy places. You've traveled to places with a lot of poverty. Uh, so you've kind of seen the spectrum. Um, what do you think makes people happy from seeing all of that? Like, mm. what what is your guess of what kind of makes people happy? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, because obviously, yeah, traveling, you know, you see all different levels of income, levels of people um, in society. And um, I think what what I've noticed or what I've seen like wherever I've traveled is, is community. That's what makes people happy is having a strong sense of community. Um, I had this incredible opportunity to hike. It was my first time backpacking actually ever. 
in Panama. Uh, and it was very last minute. I was wildly underprepared. I had like not the right clothing or equipment to do this six hour trek through uh, the jungle in Panama and Bocas. Uh, and we had a chance to stay with the indigenous people there actually for two nights wow. um, and then hike back out. And the people deep in this jungle, the Ngobe Bugle tribe, there's different tribes within Panama and this was one of them. Um, they, their house was basically just like a wooden, simple wooden home, um, dirt floors. They just had like a hammock. Um, you know, they slept on kind of wooden, uh, sort of just wooden planks. Um, yeah, so poverty to our standards, right? We would look sure, at that. You, yeah. That's, yeah, you could call it poverty, but for them, like that's, that's normal, their way, right? Yeah. And so, um, hanging out with them for two days really and just hiking around the village and what was cool is we had um a local guide with us so he knew these people uh and he took travelers in and out um like a few times a year and staying with these people uh, and hanging out with their family a couple of kids you know they they didn't really have toys these kids they didn't have much at all um they just had each other um but they were laughing, playing all day. You know, they didn't need... They were happy. Right. They didn't need possessions to enjoy themselves during the day. Um, and that kind of opened my eyes. I think that was one of the first times I could interact and in, or at least live with a couple of days uh, with um, these people who I wasn't familiar with, right? It wasn't part of the Western culture or my culture. Right. Um, and so it was eye-opening to me. And, you know, I had an incredible time seeing that and walking around um this village and being with these people and you could tell they also enjoyed it too like i would take some photos of the kids and show them like the back of the <laughs> camera and they would love it they yeah they loved um interacting with us and i think that community with, yeah with that uh, it really has to do with the people in your life as long as you have good people in your life and a you know family or whatever it is it doesn't have to be a traditional family it could be a chosen family but people around you every day who love you and care for you that's the real stuff of life that's what makes people happy and that's what i've seen wherever i've traveled you don't need fancy things you don't need you know all these possessions yes you do need food <laughs> yes you need a place to live you know uh, you do need the basic necessities in life but it doesn't need to be all this special fancy stuff. It could be as simple as a wooden home, dirt floor, and you can be as happy as can be if you have the right people right. in your life. Yeah, I, no, that's very well said. I think community is is one that we here in you know Western culture we don't talk about as much. It's more of wealth. What's your net worth? How much do you have? That's great, but that's not going to get you happiness that that'll get you some things but a sense of community having that and having some well well that's the icing on the cake but yes that, that's definitely i think one of the keys to life and the key to happiness totally wealth so. in your relationships that's where yeah. that will be worth more than any uh income for sure i agree well anna thank you so much honey for being on this podcast and like i said earlier I would definitely would love to have you on for future podcasts because Yay. there are some other subjects that I would like to tap into, but just it. not enough time today. All but right. Thank you so much for being on. Oh, thank you. And I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to Anna's story. Uh, 
if you would like to check her out, how can they reach you? What is your Instagram? Yeah, so if you want to see some of my photography work and uh, work about my travels, you can follow me on Anna Grace Lynch. So it's at Anna Grace Lynch. And then my official uh, professional website is www.annagracelynch.com. And I'll link that as well in the show notes. Um, also, if you're looking for a photographer on any of the things that, that she mentioned, uh, she's amazing. So Feel free to reach out. I do travel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if you need any travel tips, again, feel free to reach out. So thank you so much for listening. This has been a great episode. And tune in next week for another one. Thank you so much.